Welcome to this first ever podcast of, of this variety. Some may know me from other other areas of of podcasting life and radio life, but this time we, we're basing it on food and drink. Um, and for the first podcast this week, we're talking to uh, a great brewery in based in Nesborough uh, called Turning Point, and we're now joined on the line uh, by uh, one of the brilliant people that actually work there and, and have been running it for the last few years. How are, how are you doing? Hello. How's things? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, very well. Just uh, enjoying a cup of tea and uh, excited to listen to this podcast in real time. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's, it's certainly gonna be interesting <laughs> to see how, how this all all sort of pans out and and see see where it goes. Um, first off, just sort of tell us tell us about the the brewery. Tell us about its history and and how it how it all began for you guys. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. Um, okay, so um, Tony Point kicked off in uh, sort of. Well, the idea came around to start a brewery towards the end of 2016. Uh, me and my business partner, Aaron, sat down for a, a pint of beer in uh, in York's Brewdog Bar, which had recently opened. Um, to be honest, by the time we'd had a single pint in there, by the time we'd been back for the next next round, we pretty much knew it was going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, a few, few sort of short months later, we'd found the right place. We'd found a kit. We'd come up with the brewery name, sort of nailed down the first few recipes, and we were yeah by sort of middle of March, mid mid to late March 2017, we were just about ready to to start. Um, but yeah, so I I had a background um, in in bar work in managing a bar called the Falcon Tap in York, and that's where I met Aaron. He worked then at Brass Castle Brewery, um, and yeah, I used to see him every week, so we were regularly buying their beer. And uh, yeah, became very good friends. And uh, then, you know, as, as they say, one thing led to another. And before you know it, six months later, we're uh, cohabiting in a brewery. And uh, yeah, so that was that's pretty much the origin story as far as where we are now. Um, so yeah, sort of picked up a bit of steam locally and started selling beer into York and then a bit further afield across 2017. And yeah, keep sort of doubling production year on year. And then last year took us to a new site we moved from our original base in kirby moorside which is a town sort of 20 odd miles north of york don't know if you know it yeah but, um, yeah yeah oh, i miss it a little bit it's quite it's quite a nice place um tricky to get to though <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> we um we found out well we, we knew we needed to to move to a bigger place we'd taken on a few more staff um and yeah put a few more tanks in and before you know it the brewery sort of uh at capacity and then the rest <laughs> <laughs> so um we we found out that roosters brewery um who are now based in harrogate um they were moving from their site in nairsborough so we straight on the phone to them excuse me sirs we're going to be moving into your old place with your permission <laughs> <laughs> please please let us do that ended up taking on their um brew kit which is you know seen, seen roosters brewery make some wonderful wonderful beers over the last however many years and uh, yeah that's that's pretty much the the short story so far uh, how how difficult has it been would you say uh, or in general for for a new brewery to to sort of start up over the couple of years how how easy it is or how difficult is it to sort of well, get yourself out there as as a brand yeah good question um well i can honestly say 
we were we were sort of preparing for the absolute worst case scenario, if that made sense. If that makes sense to you, effectively, a lot of people that you meet that have either done it before or have heard things about it would warn you against starting a brewery. There's a lot of lot of a uh, lot of doom and gloom out there. So by the time we had actually sort of, you know decided that let's not ignore that, we certainly didn't ignore that advice, but we didn't let it stop us. If that makes sense. Yeah. So we took that on board and uh, expected it to be, you know, a real uphill battle. But we've we found it really, you know, we've worked down hard to to get where we are now and do what we're doing. Um, so yeah, that's the challenges are are endless. <laughs> there's a different <laughs> challenge every week, and there's no blue there's no blueprint for how to open and run a brewery. You've kind of got to suss it out as you go, really. Especially if you start on the level that we were, which is you know two two guys, um, sort of making it up as you go along. There is uh, you've you've got to be prepared to put in the hours and uh, make sure that you love what you're doing. That's the, that's the essential thing. But yeah, in terms of that sort of, we were expecting it to be near impossible, but still worth a go. So we've uh, yeah, it's not it's absolutely not been easy, but. We're still, yeah, really happy with what's what's happened so far. And in terms of uh, coming up with ideas for for recipes and 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 making that that crucial, all important product as that that is the beers that you've you've been making. What what sort of defies that that perfect beer for you guys? What in terms of how we come up with recipes or how we how we approach that? I guess. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose a mixture of the two. Um. Well, there's, I guess there's two, there's two sort of different sides to the same coin there. There's what makes a great classic beer is uh, <clears throat> is some good, you know, it's, it's consistency, is uh, love and care of what you're doing, good hygiene, um, impossibly ridiculous cleaning standards, and you know, make sure you keeping all the right records and doing everything as, as thoroughly and diligently as you can. You can't. Pe- people say it all the time and you can't overstate it really 99% of brewing is it's just cleaning <laughs> so in terms in terms of uh, getting down to making a good beer that's sort of that's that's ground zero really that's the that's the main thing but then on the sort of yeah in terms of the recipe development uh, a lot of that comes from experiences that you have in food that you might have with other people's beer um, it, it might might be a case of having two great beers over the course of a weekend and sort of wanting to Frankenstein those beers together. It's, it's the good thing about it being a small enterprise is that we can have ideas like that and then brew them in two or three days and have those ideas in a pint glass somewhere in a few weeks. It's very rewarding. So, like, yeah, for example, this uh, one of our first beers we brewed at the new site was a 15%. Um, Stroop Waffle Imperial Stout, which is which was an absolute, yeah, it was nuts. It was so, so difficult <laughs> to to get that sort of ABV and uh, put in a lot of physical work and a lot of uh, a lot of time into getting that right. But the the good thing about it is, is it, the process sort of affords you a little bit of change and tweak as you go along. So after the initial brew, something like that. We had not decided what the beer was going to be called, what the final flavour was going to be. We brewed a massive stout, 
and then decided, oh, well, this needs this needs another dimension. What can we? Where can we possibly take it? And um, it had this sort of like burnt sugar flavor that you get in a lot of imperial stouts, like sort of uh, like bourbon biscuit caramel sort of thing. And Luke pointed it out that it tasted quite a lot like a stroop waffle. Don't know if you've had a stroop waffle before. One of the things that are in uh, they're back in like two for a quid at Starbucks and they're like next to the gold coins at the checkout. Oh yeah, like the the, the you, sort you know of, what I mean, like yeah, a corrugated, like car- not yeah. corrugated, that's the wrong word, like a Connect Four waffle game. Yeah, I know exactly the ones that you mean. You do good, yeah. but they're like yeah. sort of got like like they're sort of like a dried waffle with like a almost liquid caramel in the middle. Yeah, they did have the, that sort of taste about it. And we finished it off with some more caramel, and it really, really brought those flavours out. But that, in that, so yeah, so what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make is, is that with it being, you know, fairly loose, the way that we produce beer, and we're not working the, you know, the the calls of a marketing department or uh, or anybody else. You know what I mean? It's a small team, so we can react to things like that really quickly. Um, so yeah, it's. The, the inspiration and the and the method is there's a, there's a few different ways to approach it I guess that's that's those are a couple of examples. There's, yeah, there's been because how easy as well is it just to if you sort of come up with an idea and then just suddenly think you've got to get these the ingredients for that or for those sort of products how how easy is it to to do that? Uh, again, that that completely depends, but. Uh, some ingredients that are quite abundant, some are obviously seasonal. So, for example, if we want to produce an elderflower beer in the peak of summer, we're going to struggle. Uh, we might have to shelve that until that particular ingredient is, is ready for harvest, that sort of thing. So in, in terms of ingredients that grow out of the earth, you're kind of at the mercy of those. So you can have a great idea but it might not necessarily work out that you can brew it in a couple of days. But with dried ingredients, um, pureed fruits, um, yeah, herbs and spices and different malts and hops, they're fairly abundant and ready for us to pick up in a, in a few days or a couple of weeks. Um, and then obviously you've got the, I'm sure there's been a few times now where you've probably made something and, and thought that isn't what we we sort of anticipated of you how many times has that happened to you guys um what in terms of didn't go how we wanted let's fix it or didn't go how we wanted let's ditch it <laughs> I, I mean i'm sure there's probably been a mixture of the two again hasn't there um a little bit i mean I'm trying to, i'm trying to think of good examples nothing particularly jumps out we've never like not sold a batch of beer um we've never We've, we've had beers where we've sort of made it once or twice and then we've gone, oh, actually, in hindsight, the first batch was better. We've not had any out-and-out disasters, as far as I'm aware. Oh, no, we did. We had one disaster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't that wasn't a taste thing. That was a, a slight miscalculation on our new kit. But I would put that more up to... I'd chalk that more up to uh, trial and error and figuring out our new pots and pans than, uh, like, a flavour-based yeah. concern, if that makes sense. How have you... Um, how- I suppose in in this sort of times that we're in at the moment, how how has business sort of found been finding? How have you found dealing with the whole situation? Again, there's yeah, a couple of couple of different ways of looking at it. I mean, obviously, it's no no secret that if uh, 
as a business that primarily, you know, 99% of our sales are to the to the on-trade, to pubs, bars in the form of casks and kegs um, and cans, that closing has obviously been a, kind of pulls the rug from out under your feet, doesn't it? But yeah, uh, but yeah, there are, there are absolutely been ways to work around that. Thankfully, we do can beer, so we've been and we've got a premises license, so we're able to sell that beer online. And obviously, with people not being able to go out to the pub, there's been a much greater demand, not just for us, but for any brewery that's got a decent, you know, regular loyal customer base. There's been an outpour of online retail, keeping uh, DHL, UPS, and YDL very busy, and uh, <laughs> more busy than perhaps they were already. Um, but yeah, which has been absolutely incredible. We've been, you know, there was that sort of a few weekends ago. I was in Liverpool, and it didn't seem like it was going to be that big of a deal. But by the time I got back into work, the Monday. It was the I can't remember the date, but it was the Monday of the week where Friday was pubs are closed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> that week in particular, we just had every single order apart from maybe one or two cancel. Um, and that you know that beer then doesn't go out. The beer that's in the tanks can't then be packaged. It's just uh, brings everything to a grinding halt. But yeah, the retail aspects aspects has been amazing for us. We've got just had so many. So many nice people, like not just ordering beer, but sort of doing their bit, sharing uh, sharing our content online to make sure that their friends are buying a few cans as well. Just been, you know, we won't, we definitely won't forget it. Um, the support that we've had in this very very difficult time, um, as well as that, I mean, we've had to sort of improvise and see what ways we can spend our extra time doing some sort of interesting events for for our customers. Last. Last Thursday, we did um, a virtual tasting, like an online drink-along session where we yeah. had four collaborating breweries um, drink along with us. And, uh, yeah, it was brilliant. I think we had, like, at one point, maybe 150, 160 people watching, um, all tuned in, drinking the same beers as us at the same time, which doesn't doesn't sound like a lot, but if you put those people in a pub, I'd be a little bit intimidated. <laughs> yeah, <'cause> I... <laughs> but yeah, it was... Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, I know I was going to say because I was going to touch on that next because obviously a lot of people have been trying to find ways of uh, using social media to, to get themselves out there in, in one way or another and that it's it's certainly the first it's certainly the first one that I've I've come across was uh, was your your virtual tasting and you've worked out as well with the beers that you used with with other other breweries as well wasn't it so um, that's right yeah yeah so tell tell us about those the beers that you you sort of uh were tasting on 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 that last thursday yeah of course so um we'd planned to well this yeah this kind of goes back there's a little bit of a backstory to this one so when we moved into the new the new place in nesborough we really wanted to sort of celebrate that that move with with some sort of collaborative event with other breweries um so we had a bit of a bit of a roundup and thought right who who do we want to collaborate with the most who, who have we met over the last few years that you know we've learned a lot from and whose beer inspired us to get started in the first place? We found four breweries that we'd love to work with and uh, asked them all, and thankfully they said yes. Um, but we, just because we were so busy, and we decided also in that time, we'd, we'd plan, to, plan to do this sort of November, December, but then had the wise idea to open our tap room 
before Christmas. So that kind of pushed the collaboration collaboration event back by a couple of months. So kind of leads us to now. The beers were brewed and we planned to do 21 different tap takeovers. So for anyone listening that's not up to date with uh, beer jargon, tap takeover is generally where you literally take over the taps at somebody's bar, pub or bottle shop or whatever. Yeah. Um, and generally go down there as well and uh, meet people and tell them about the beers, that sort of thing. We're going to do 21 of those sorts of events at the same time up and down the country, um, which at present are not fully cancelled, but it's going to be, well, the date was 1st of May, so I can't see that it will go ahead at this point. But um, we've still got the beer there if, you know, if there is some sort of miraculous turnaround. But yeah, it was a shame that that obviously was shelved with the lockdown and everything. Um, but thankfully, we still had the cans of beer. So we were like, well, what can we do in the short term to still bring some value and still have people enjoy these beers and hear from us about it? And, you know, add, add some value to to the drinking experience rather than just selling the cans online. And just, yeah, had the idea to, for anyone who had bought the beers, just give them a, a web link to a Zoom chat in, in their box of beers. And then, yeah, yeah, we were... It was incredible. I, I put the the chat online at seven o'clock just to test it, and I think after about thirty seconds, I had like eighty people staring at me. I was like, "Oh crap! I still need to test the sound. I still need to <laughs> figure out what I'm doing." I, we weren't due to kick off till about half seven, but I was like, "Oh god, it is a little bit nerve wracking to be honest." But that, yeah, because obviously we couldn't really test it with 150 people. But <clears throat> so yeah, in turn, we got one of. Uh, a member of staff or an owner or co-owner from <clears throat> each of the four breweries to, to join us. So we had Roosters um, for, up first for a, a nice pale ale, nice start to the evening, and then we had a quick break for Thursday clapping. Everyone went back, had a toilet break and all the rest of it, and uh, then we carried on. Then we had, um, what do we have next, Siren from uh, sort of, where are they, Finch Hampstead, Berkshire sort of way with a sour beer and then we had five points from Hackney London with a stout and then Thornbridge Brewery a bit, bit near my neck of the woods from uh, Derbyshire Bakewell <coughs> with a big IPA so yeah it was really really fun people seemed to enjoy it and uh, it just it, it was a, tried to make it as varied as possible by getting different guests in to do the chat and that sort of thing yeah and yeah we'll, we'll probably do events like that over the coming weeks did you yeah, find brilliant did you find it sort of maybe helped with uh, pushing a few sales as well on online and, and getting the beers yeah, out out there. Definitely did. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Uh, people, yeah, we've been teasing about those beers online for a little while and posting about the brew days, and uh, a lot of people were excited about it. But yeah, <clears throat> really good that so many people were interested enough to buy the cans and then also tune in in real time. But like I say, you've got to make the best of these situations. It's not not something we've all found ourselves in before, but Thankfully, there's this wonderful thing called the internet, and that gives us so many opportunities quickly, <laughs> and on a, you know, on a marketing budget of zero, <laughs> which is very helpful. You you mentioned obviously about about marketing and stuff, and obviously probably one of the I think one of the key things that I I notice as a as a, probably a buyer of a, of beers and things in general is is the into you can sort of be easily lured in by by the cans and the, the the sort of graphics and things that are on the cans how how important are would you say the labels to to sort of 
purchasing beers? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question and one that seems to the answer seems to change every couple of months. <laughs> Where, yeah, we 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 really really love how our cans look independently and then sort of how they look together as a as a representation of what we're about. So um, we have uh, someone called Lottie Walsh who does our can labels. Um, I still do quite a lot of the branding and I'll do the, the layout for the cans and I'll do any sort of a, our draft beer releases. But for the most part now, we're doing enough cans that it's worth doing a proper bespoke design for each one. And uh, yeah, they, they, re- they really stand out. Um, increasingly, yeah, more and more breweries are going into the same shape cans with the same sort of style label. So it can be quite difficult to stand out with that. So we, we try not to give it too much thought in that sense in that we don't want to follow the trends too much. We want to have a silly idea and then ask, you know, get Lottie on board with the silly idea and then, uh, and then see how it comes out in like some sort of cartoonish world. Um, you know, Lottie is really, her artwork's really, really cool, but, um, she, you know, she is not like a, a media or marketing expert or anything like that. She didn't approach us to, for work, it was more of a case of she she worked at Brewdog Bar in York, and uh, we'd seen her artwork and doodles up around the bar, and just thought it was really cool, and that we should probably get her involved at some point. And uh, <laughs> she's been doing designs for us ever since. Um, certainly not a full time job, but I know she she loves doing it, so yeah, keeps us all entertained. So, do you... so yeah, no, to sort of get back to the question, which was <laughs> more about how do how do we stand out how do you you know sorry yeah just just remind me what the what the sort of main point was in that uh so yeah so just basically like how how important is the the sort of labeling and the sort of graphics on cans relate to yeah, the sort oh, of okay. sales of yeah. beers and things yeah def- well it's one of those things um obviously it's got to look the part but uh yeah, there's there's a, there's an element to it. Is the brewery name is the beer inside the can? Obviously, there's the price point as well, which you know affects how things sell. But yeah. in the first instance, you've got to be you've got to be noticeable so that people can pick you out of uh, busy and colourful shelves. And we you know we always hope that our beers do that. Obviously, as well, we've when you sort of coming up with the ideas for your cans, then do you do you have a lot of saying in what sort of goes into the designs that Lottie does for you, or is that have you just, <coughs> yeah, you just give us a um, in? A bit of a mix, really. Um, so sometimes we'll say, right, here's here's the brief for the beer. It's going to be a sour, it's going to be dark, or it's going to be hoppy, and that might influence. We we always kind of want the label to convey the the strength and taste of the beer. So if it's like a big, strong imperial stout, we kind of want the beer to look a little bit you know, ferocious in some sort of way. Or if it's uh, a fruity beer, we might want it to be really colourful and psychedelic, that sort of thing. So, yeah, that there is a little bit of that. So, yes, yeah, so sometimes we'll just give some suggestions for the artwork. Sometimes we'll say, here's a blank canvas, go wild, and then we'll use the de- design in a while or whatever. Or sometimes we'll be really, really, really specific. I might even send like a little sketch or uh, some inspiration over and say this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, we've we always enjoy the collaboration of that, and it's it's really exciting seeing what um, what Lottie comes up with. 
a good example would be um, yeah, a recent beer we did called I Am No Tree, which is a, a root beer inspired yeah. sour, sour beer. Um, and that one was something, yeah, an idea that we've been talking about for way over a year, which was <clears throat> Gandalf, Gandalf the Grey, but no, it's, it's Bob Geldof dressed as Gandalf, <laughs> and he's backed by a band of Ents playing guitars and keyboards and drums. And uh, that can't really get much more specific than that in terms of here's what we want for this next can design. Other times we might just say, right, set it in space or draw us a spaceship or an armadillo or something. Or other times it might be, just make sure it's look, look, it looks a little bit purple. <laughs> so, yeah, a, a, broad, a broad range, again, of different sort of solutions to different situations. There's um there's certainly some interest. I've got I've got the website up in front of me at the minute, and there's yeah I've got that Bob Geldof one right in front of me right now. I can just Brilliant. see it. Are you on the gallery page? I am. Yeah. Good, because that's far more up to date than the beers page, which I haven't updated for a little while. <laughs> Instagram um, kind of takes care of that for you these days, doesn't it? <laughs> it is. It is certainly a good outlet, isn't it? To to sort of, I think a lot of people take take note more for for those sort of things with patterns and things on there and all that sort of artwork yeah um what but you found gandalf i have found gandalf or oh, bob <laughs> bob gandalf <laughs> bob gandalf and the boomtown ends <laughs> we're just waiting for the letter <laughs> <laughs> what what's um what, what have you got sort of in in i know obviously we're on a bit of a we're all on a bit of a bit of a stopping point i suppose is probably a good way of calling it at the minute but what, yeah, what yeah. have you got a lot planned for for the rest of the year? Have you got other beers on the go? And... Yeah, yeah, we've 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 still got plans to keep beer coming. Um, the cans have been going well, so we've, we've finally brewed beer again, which was you know we normally brew two or three times a week, but I've only brewed once in the last four weeks. Um, but we, yeah, we brewed uh, this Monday, and we're really happy to get some more beer in the tank. And then yeah, so we've, oh yeah, we brewed brewed twice this week actually. So we've got. The return of Rainbow Road, which is a three percent citra hopped IPA, which we've done a couple of times. Um, it's a nice, easy drinker, and we figured it'd be nice to do something a little bit, a little bit more manageable in alcohol, so that you know people can enjoy a couple of them on a on a school night sort of beer, you know, and uh, keep keep their senses intact. Um, and we've also got uh, <clears throat> what have we got. What have we made this week? <laughs> uh, another IPA, a little bit stronger at 5.5%. And that's got a, a Lottie design on it, which is uh, sort of a spaceman drifting out into space. But he's, uh, he's holding a balloon. It's pretty cool. <laughs> can't wait for you to see it. <laughs> I, can't, I really can't wait to share that one. Because, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people that follow our, our beers and designs will, will enjoy it. And in terms of obviously you said, you mentioned about doing some more beer tasting sessions, have you got other beers with that you you sort of wanting to get out there for those? Yeah, I and... think so. Yeah, so we since the last event we also <clears throat> did a Kandawa collaboration with a brewery from sort of Newcastle Way called Almasty. That's a really really nice sort of summery IPA, six um, percent. Yeah, really, really tasty. So we, we'll try and uh, incorporate that somehow, and then the next two beers, the next three beers. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll try and make another sort of tasting event. It's going to be more difficult 
I guess those four beers lent themselves really nicely to that because they're all sort of designed to be tasted side by side as completely different categories of beer. So yeah, we'll think of something and we'll, uh, we might even bring in other breweries beers for that to make it a little bit more varied. Yeah. See what we can do. We've got all sorts of ideas. I'm not sure when you're posting this, uh, this podcast or if it's going straight out, but um, I've got plans to do like an online version of the TV show Taskmaster with other breweries <laughs> and uh, people that work in bars. Um, haven't quite fleshed out the logistics of that yet, but we're hoping we can make it very entertaining. That'll certainly be a, a very entertaining plot to uh, to sit and watch, I'm sure. It's going to be great. We've got a few very good ideas for that. <laughs> uh, we we sort of uh, we sort of dabbled with it in the in the virtual tasting uh, last week. So we've sort of got to the end of the four beers. People, you know, a few industry types sort of joined in the chat, and we talked a little bit about how breweries were coping with the virus and how you know we're, there's some sort of nice solidarity in the industry and all the rest of that sort of stuff, and then. Um, people started demanding that we do some sort of more something slightly more entertaining. So I suddenly said, um, "All right, to the however many people were still watching, go and get wherever it might be in your house. Go and get your best hat, and the <laughs> best hat gets a ten pound bar tab, <laughs> which is good because I'm pretty sure I won. <laughs> no, there was some there was some incredible uh, incredible lids that people found, and then yeah, we did another one, um, best pajamas." most ridiculous shirt and shoes so yeah we, we can do that sort of thing if we get a few people playing along we can we can have a really good night i think and in in terms of other other breweries and other other beers that you've probably been drinking at the minute what if you could recommend any what would you recommend at the moment oh good question yeah no so i've obviously um i like to go to the pub sometimes we like to go to beer festivals and events and with, with the lack of those i've got to got to keep the fridge stocked i've placed a few orders um recently um five points uh i've kept kept the fridge stocked up with their stout porter which was a big inspiration for the collab beer that we did likewise thornbridge just around the around the around the corner from us so um or from me specifically so yeah keep the fridge full of green mountain and then yeah i've enjoyed really enjoyed some neon raptor ipas as well and uh yeah i keep plenty of our own beers in my fridge as well which is nice well you've got to, you've got to make the most of that one haven't you you've got to yeah you can't <laughs> drink your own beer in the apocalypse when can you well exactly that's it that is very much it and in term because obviously we're trying to base this sort of around food and drink it, it what i've decided to sort of put out to people over the hopefully next few weeks is like their their sort of ideal ideal meal what what would your ideal meal be if if you were oh, to sit down and eat in any setting just yeah like, yeah like, any, like death any row meal. this 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 is this is like no holds barred this is this is what what the ideal meal would be in your dreams i suppose oh man well i i will try and give you a definite answer for that but i'm a i'm a proper i'm not I'm not i don't follow like food the food world that closely but if you were uh, if you ask my my close family friends and my wife she, she will uh and they will confirm that I, I like to go to nice restaurants and eat food the the main the main uh prerequisite being there's definitely food that's above my cooking ability so that it justifies the trip out <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm a bit of a bit of a snob in that sense i really like to go i love the um 15 courses 
with wine pairing shtick. I love that. So that's, yeah, at least once a year do that sort of thing. Um, I'd just, yeah, very briefly like to touch on the best restaurant in the entire world. If you've not been, it's a crime. Skosh on Micklegate. Oh, it is beautiful, isn't it, in there? Yes. <laughs> one of their one of their desserts was uh, the inspiration for one of our beers, which was a um, mango and saffron donut that they've got on the dessert menu. Do you know, I was just about to um, touch on that. Oh, you know, right, cool. I'll the, come back to that then. <laughs> no, well, um, no, I was just going to say the donuts in there are amazing. That all, if or when incredible. they were, if they're still doing them anyway at the moment, I've been in for well, a they, while. Well, they change it seasonally, I think. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, the the premise stays the same, but the ingredients change. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. That's uh, in fact, I'm going to call back up. <laughs> Caitlin, if somebody asked you to a meal in front of me that was my dream meal what would it be a ribeye steak. Rib steak I think that's fair I mean that is a good go to a ribeye steak with blue cheese anything else <laughs> vine tomatoes fancy mushrooms yeah you pretty much described it thanks Kevin. <laughs> and a glass of red wine thank you very much yep the boss has spoken that's, that's it yeah no I, I am a uh, 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 Indulgently carnivorous. Uh, I love a steak. Um, yeah, when I lived in York, lived on the street, had a lovely butcher's, so I made the most of that. Yeah, and I think that's that would be my death row meal, as described. Oh, that is it is a is a very tasty meal. There is, we are very much, uh, pretty lucky to to live in an area of great food produce and and drink produce, of course, as well. Like. So it's uh, yeah, Scosh definitely is up there from one of my favourite restaurants. Scosh around. fried chicken for president. <laughs> I remember that as well. I've had some of that as well in my time when I've been. Oh. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, if I don't go to Scosh at least once every year for the for as long as it or I live, then there's something wrong. Oh. It's incredible. I absolutely love it. Hopefully, hopefully, head chef Neil will, will respond to my email after this, and he'll. <laughs> He's he's on the he's on the contact list anyway at the moment. Um, Absolutely right. Well, if if you do speak to Neil, if you do get him on, tell him uh, tell him I say hello because uh, we've uh, it's one of those things we sort of drifted in and out of doing a collaboration with them. Uh, it's been on the cards for a little while, but you know what it's like yeah. to sort of newish businesses uh, get very busy and things get put on hold. So, but yeah, we'll get back to that one. I'm sure. I am sure. Thank you very much for talking to us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I know you're very welcome. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to get any of our beers, www. If you still have to type that in, turningpointbrewco.com forward slash shop. Treat yourselves. And the big bright, bright pink screen will come up in front of you. It does. Big <laughs> bright pink screen with its uh, age check. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Get I spend yourself. a lot of time looking at that website. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there's some. Really... But yeah, no, all the best, uh, all the best with the podcast and everything, and uh, yeah, hope that you manage to keep your sanity somehow during the. I know this is ho- hopefully one, yeah, hopefully one way of uh, of of doing that anyway. Most definitely. Big thank you to Cameron from Turning Point Brewery. Uh, they're based in Nairsborough, and uh, go check out their beers and keep an eye out for their up 
upcoming taster sessions that we've spoken about. Uh, if you want to go check their beers out, it's uh, turningpointbrewco.com and you'll find all the details on there about the beers that they've got on there at the moment. Um, keep your eyes and ears peeled uh, for the next podcast. Hopefully, we'll have one with you very soon. Uh, but until then, thank you very much.